Welcome to Paperback Besties, where we are besties who like to read and like to talk about it. I am Rachel. And I'm Callan. And today we are back with our part two of Fourth Wing. We have finished the book. We have wine Mm -hmm. because it's necessary. Yes. Again, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't read it, please go read it. Crawl out from under the rock that you live under and go read this before the second one comes out in November. Please go read this book. Rachel, what wine do you have? I have a red sangria. In that this. sounds really sweet. It is. <laughs> I love sweet wines, especially sweet red wines, which I know is your favorite type of wine. My favorite. <laughs> I actually have a white because it's my favorite white and I have it. I bought it a few months ago and it's my first drink in a while. Ooh, and it matches the book. Oh my God. <laughs> so now the official wine pairing of Fourth Wing is any white wine any white wine yeah i'm I'm gonna drink my sweet red wine and pretend it's like blood or something the blood of your enemies can you believe that this is the first time we've read a book together in the 22 years that we've been friends no we've read the same book like around the same time and been like i love this book but never never buddy buddy like uh, okay so in school we had to read books but that was it doesn't put count. on us by school and it doesn't count. Wow. Yeah, look at that. I had a lot of fun doing this with you. Me too. I had a lot of fun too. This is the start of something new. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's like a little book club with just one person. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's a buddy read. Yeah. But these buddies have been buddies for a full grown adult's life. <laughs> a full alcohol drinking age person's life. Our friendship has graduated college. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing. Hopefully this. thriving. <laughs> re- she didn't go to college. She's just reading. She's just reading. Yeah, yeah, good for her. So where we left off. So we left off mm-hmm. chapter 20 last yes. time. We're picking up on chapter 21 and we're going to the very end. How many chapters are in this book? 39, I think. 39. Which if I were her, I'd have to do 40. That would unnerve me. Yeah. 39. Yeah. Well, there's also, I think my version of the book, maybe everybody's, I don't know. It's like random. A snippet of another a book. A snippet of another. Yeah. Yeah, same. And I got really excited thinking it was something relevant. It's not something that I care about, especially at the end of this book. I'm not immediately like, let's read about something else. Yeah, I don't, I didn't even read what it was. I was like, I no, I'm sorry. Maybe this is good marketing, but no. Sorry, Tracy, Wolf. We are both experiencing a book hangover after finishing yeah. fourth wing, which I think is something I said in the last episode that I was like, people are saying that they're having book hangovers. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. I now know why. Yes. I was like, I won't. <laughs> okay. I'm eating my fucking words. <laughs> <laughs> so where we picked up on chapter 20, 21. Um, this was the chapter where um, her and Liam go to the archives because she's on library duty, which again had a reason and this was that reason mm-hmm. and they bring this the whatever the fuck back to their battle brief professor or something and they accidentally see it and it's about like a recent you know military thing and then it doesn't get brought up so your theory of corruption from mm-hmm. part one immediately basically was coming true I was we weren't so we could not confirm at this point but yeah there was strong evidence already being presented yeah, and I was telling I was telling Dave about it, and I, was, I told him that I had a theory. I didn't tell him anything about it because he, he still wants to read the book, and I'm not allowed to share with him anything about this book at all. But 
he will probably never read this book based on how I know about his reading habits, but I'll still never be able to talk to him about it. And I said that I had made a prediction in the first podcast episode about how it was going to go. And every page that I read, I'm like more and more excited because I think I'm correct. And I, I am. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not everything I said was 100% true, but I was I mean, you, so basically proud. the gist of what you said, I don't remember what you said off the top of my head, but you're like, basically there's some corruption and things are being hidden. And yeah, that's 100% mm-hmm. true. That's what's happening here. And I I liked in this part, this chapter, how the conversations between her and Liam, again, we talked about show, don't tell previously. Mm -hmm. She does a very good job of that because just her conversation with Liam, you find more and more about the rebellion kids or whoever their group is called. You get more of an understanding of Zayden. You get more of an understanding of like basically all of her new friends. I think this is the first time we really meet Liam too. Like we've yeah. seen him like existing in the world and yeah. we know that he's strong and big and whatever, but we, we don't really know him as a person. Mm-hmm. And immediately I just fall in love with him because he's oh, just same. a sweetheart. <laughs> just a good kid. I felt so bad that Violet's power wasn't, oh my gosh, what do they call it? She wasn't channeling. Channeling her channeling or whatever the, it's called. Yeah, well, she wasn't even, at this point, she didn't even channel Karen's power yet. She didn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad for her, but. Do we ever, I mean, I'm sure we did, but what was Liam's, what is Liam's thing? Oh, I think it was something really cool. When she was getting all mad at probably Dane and Zayden, and they were like on the mat room, and, you know, Jack was threatening her and whatever, and then she calmed down. She didn't really react. And then <laughs> when Taryn was like, you're ready. And then mm-hmm. you hear and Darna, she's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. That makes me want to listen to the audiobook just for that. Yes. Moment. My whole TikTok for you page is just fourth wing now. And I've been sending a lot of them to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> and I love them. And people are like, oh, how I pictured Taryn. And it's like this huge beast, like this huge, terrifying dragon monster. Like he thinks they say he's 25 feet tall or something. something. And then it's like how I pictured and Darna and it's little like anime tiny baby dragon with huge eyes i picture like a cross between my little pony and like puff the magic dragon yeah but like more of like a plush toy from like build-a-bear she's just little and i also love i know we're skipping ahead a little bit but i love when violet's upset and she like runs outside and Mm -hmm. go just gives andarna a hug yes because i would i would too i would be i would be hanging out with them at every moment Evan was like, is it annoying or weird how they can talk to dragons? And I was like, absolutely not. I could read no. a whole book of them talking to dragons. Yes. Because I, I thought that was would be weird, too. And I also enjoy how the dragons don't speak out loud. Yeah, same. Because that would like, kind of be weird. <laughs> it would be weird. But I like that they, they have the mental dialogue. And I love Tarn. I Me love how too. funny he is. The When she was trying to channel her power for Professor Carr later... Professor Carr is giving Professor Snape, by the way. I think. Yeah. He, he knows more, things we don't know. A little more annoying, though. Yeah. But she was trying to channel for Professor Carr, and she put it, and then Tarn just goes, you want me to get the wing leader? <laughs> yeah. I was losing it. Speaking of that, oh, sorry, there's a dog walking by. About that, though, I love how, not Gail, and Tarn's bond, mm-hmm. their mate thing, keeps things really interesting for um Zayden and Violet and how <laughs> they can feel when they are having sexual intercourse <laughs> yes because I worried about that I was like wait a minute 
you're seeing each other's thoughts. I, w- I was concerned, first of all, if she's, because clearly I knew that something was going to happen with her in the book. So I was like, is he going to just be like narrating it? But I'm yeah. glad he sort of stayed out of it because that's a little weird. But it is funny that it's sort of the opposite was true is that she experienced it when he was. I also love how not Gail is a little sassy with Violet too. Yeah. Because she's obviously protective of Zayden, but she yeah. also is clearly ships them together yeah so violet's doing something she's like get your shit together but i also really liked that whole scene because it again brings the pacing down a bit or it doesn't bring it down but it makes it interesting with it with it still being a slow burn for violet and zayden really and it just makes the force proximity even more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting i thought it was really fun i think that's where they first kiss yeah so and me, I, sometimes in in um in like chili pepper like spicy books the obviously i don't think this is that hot of a take but i feel like the first moment that they're like they kiss or they whatever somebody touches somebody's hand or something to me is like better than like everything else that happens yeah i mean because it's more like (laughs) going back to part one when he was like fighting her on the mat for the first time but showing her Mm -hmm. we said it was hot it, it was still hot. is hot. Still and is. this scene was hot too. And I really, really like, again, pacing how they didn't immediately jump into bed. Yes. It added to the slow burn. I think it added a chili pepper mm-hmm. in the spice rating. I yeah, because how many books have we read that like something would happen and they would just kiss and now they're immediately in bed? I expected it to happen and then they didn't. And I was like pleasantly surprised. Even better. Yeah. Even better. And better yet, months go by. Yeah. Chapter 23. We move on. I tabbed it in my book because Mm. in page 287 when dane was being like a bitch you know about fucking something else and he cupped her cheek i was reading and i was just like yelling at nobody i was like he's touching her i completely forgot about his that one i noticed i noticed that one and i was just like (gasps) and i tabbed it for future reference wait i'm gonna i'm gonna find it i'm gonna read the thing 287 wow I found it, yeah. Yeah. So they're, I guess they're just fighting about Zayden and stuff at this point. At this point, he's yelling at her oh, basically because... Of the dragon's made it this bond. Is, and, and this is the first time that he's really talked to her since Amber died. Um, and he's just yelling her about trusting Zayden, I guess, and spending time with him and whatever. I have so many notes here where I'm just like, Dane's a bitch. He's a bitch. And obviously we learn... I mean, this is a spoiler, whatever, moment of a podcast, but we learn that he has been essentially doing this the whole time and using it against her, especially at the end there, right before he sends them away to go essentially get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'll note later. I have a thought on that. Okay. But I saw a TikTok and some so there was a girl, and I'm sorry for not remembering her user handle for the sake of this podcast, but she made a note on how many times he touched her face or how many times he touched anywhere else. And she said something like, um, he touched her face like nine times Mm. and throughout the book. And he specifically said at one point when he was describing his power was that you have to, he has to touch her. He said, I have to touch. And then he like paused or rephrased or something and then said your face. So she's like, I wonder if he was, backpedaling and making it specific Mm. about touching the face but all the times he touches her skin or whatever like I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's relevant I feel like it is I feel like I agree with that because we discussed before and now reading the second half of this book I think Rebecca Yaros I mean she's doing JK Rowling she everything Mm -hmm. is important 
Yeah. And we're going to find, because this is a five book series, we're going to find out in book four that in this moment he learned something mm-hmm. about what just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's where I feel like this is going. Yeah. Um, okay. So she says, you only want to keep me safe. I appreciate that. But it stops now, Dane. Zayden is tied to me because of Gail. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more. I do not need protection. And if I do, I've got two badass dragons who have my back. Can you respect that? He reaches up to cup my cheek and I hold his gaze, determined for him to understand he either starts valuing my choices or we are never going to fix our friendship. All right, Vi. His eyes crinkle up the sides of his mouth turns up into a half smile. How can I argue with someone who has two badass dragons? But like, I wonder what he saw in that point in time. Was his recent memories? Right before that was the courtyard was um, not Gale and Tarn boning. And she was out in the courtyard and I think that's when Zayden told her that Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. went to that place. Yeah, the the chapter before this ends with tomorrow is going to suck when she's, like, walking back to the dorm room. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow this happens, so he saw that. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. bitch. Because also in the first, our first episode on this, we, I had known that everybody hated Z- uh, Dane. Yeah. And I, I was like, I get it, he's a douchebag, but now you learn, and he's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And maliciously he, a douchebag. He just gets worse as it goes on. Well, I love how they were... I don't remember what this was. But, oh, I think... Was she fighting Zayden at this point? I just have a note. I have a note, and it was a quote. It was page two, 298. And she says, Is it absolutely toxic that I'm attracted to this look on him? Because he has all these daggers. And she was like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Going back to what you talked about in the first episode. About how they talk normally. Because they say vibe. And they say fuck. And... Mm-hmm. I think this stood out to me, too, because she's like, is this toxic? Yeah. Would mm-hmm. I also think he's attractive? Yeah. I actually saw another TikTok. When I tell you, first of all, my job is really boring. So all I do all day is watch TikToks. And second of all, all my For You page is just fourth one. <laughs> so in the last two days, I've just been watching. Before we finished the book, I didn't read it. I didn't see any spoilers. But now that I've seen it, it's my whole it's just spoilers. Anyway, I saw one that was an interview with Rebecca Yaros that's some sort of signing. And she was on stage and she made a comment about how she started using colloquialisms or like modern language in this book. And she said I, it was met with some contention. Like people didn't really enjoy that when she sort of announced that she was doing it before the book was released. But she said since the book has been released, people don't see a problem. And she did it because she wanted fantasy to be more accessible to a wider population of people as opposed to people who are specifically fantasy readers so this could be like the first fantasy book that somebody would read and it's more accessible like they say the word toxic they say the word fuck they say whatever or they like we said last episode where they said the days of the week normally Mm -hmm. so i thought that was awesome and i was like oh wow she did like obviously she did it on purpose but she did it on purpose with intention which i enjoy i enjoy it too i like we talked about last time there are basically college kids in a dorm and it's like a fucked up college. Yeah. But it's very relatable. It's also not given a year or uh, it's not like it's post-apocalyptic earth yeah. or it's the 1800s, you know? So that would make me put it down. If in the description is like in post-apocalyptic earth, I'd be like, nah, not for me. No. Yeah. Or it was like, oh, like the Hunger Games does this, which I don't think is bad for the Hunger Games, but the Hunger Games is essentially earth but 100 or something years in the future when the the world has had like a nuclear war and it's like the fallout and now we're the civilization that has risen from the fallout of the old earth 
And that's, it's like a little weird because you have to kind of think like, oh, District 12 is in Maine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's a little weird. And I wouldn't enjoy that if it was this. No. Or if it was trying to be 1506. Right. So I like that it's its own thing. The next chapter, chapter 25, that's when they do. I loved this chapter also. It's when they have to do like that game or whatever and they have to steal something. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. I think you got to see everyone's personality and I think everyone shown. They stole something from her mom's office. Mm-hmm. They stole the map from her office, but then you also see more evidence of corruption, more facts to prove that Rachel's prediction was correct. And she has the um, the weird looking knife or something on her desk. Yeah. To the point where she later is like, you stole that from my mom's desk. He's like, no, I just right. also have one. Because he gave her that special knife that can only kill whatever it was. Venom. I don't think he knew at that point, though. Because they all had just found out that Venom existed like five minutes before the battle happened. Do you think they all found that out or do you think that Zayden already knew? Zayden probably already. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about that battle. I think he, he already, he already knew because he was giving the, re- Liam the did rebels. It. Liam 100%. Oh, that's what Liam can do. He can see like, oh, fuck, I forget. But he could see something because they were they were asking him like, oh, like he's like, oh, we've got four things coming. I think he can see like the near future or oh, something yeah, or other. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I don't, I've never seen a venom before, but if it, but if that's a venom, there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knife, um, the two notes on her mom's desk, but I think everyone coming together, them winning, Violet kind of directing everything again shows her logic, shows her smarts. Mm-hmm. The fourth wing readers on TikTok are on top of their shit. I mean, they're like so, Taylor Swift fans. They're like Taylor, yes, they're like Taylor Swift fans. They, some of them probably are Taylor Swift fans. They are picking up on all of these like microcosms and all of these things. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories. And I agree with a lot of them. Okay. They're like, they're on it. In the beginning of the book, it says that this, the following text has been faithfully transcribed from Navarian into the modern language by Jocinia Neilwart, curator of the scribe, scribe quadrant. And I think Jocinia is the deaf girl in the scribe. She is. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I actually saw that on an Instagram reel today because, again, I am on reels. I don't have a ticker talker. Also, I didn't pick up on how she was deaf until, like, the second time that... We met her? Yeah. We met her, yeah. I think that's cool because Rebecca Yaros does do that. She doesn't Mm -hmm. say, Justinia is deaf. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, we talked to Justinia by signing, and then you can figure it out. And it's just a a quality of her person as opposed to a describing characteristic. Yeah. It was to the point where Liam, like, Liam signed to her. I think I didn't even register that it said sign instead of said or Same, same. I think that was really cool. Yeah, I think so too. But I bet you if you were reading this as somebody who does sign or somebody who communicates by signing, you would pick up on that and feel really- Immediately. Immediately seen Mm -hmm. and, like, that would really register with you. And then as people who don't know ASL or don't communicate that way, we didn't even think about it. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's how we talk to her. I do think that it- is good to not describe, like we said the, about anxiety and stuff, is yeah. not describe the person as their feature. Just make yeah. that feature part of the person. Yes. Hi, really, every time I read Andarna, I give her, like, a squeaky voice. Oh, yeah, I think she has a squeaky voice. She's a baby. 
We had a hot take on Rhiannon in the first episode where we thought that she might be turned into a bad guy based yes. on because we liked her too much. Do you? We didn't really confirm or deny that because she sort of didn't really show up in the second half of the book in any major way other than being like a gal pal, which is great. Do you think that because she was with Dane on Dane's side of the team, do you think that she's going to... Do we still like have the theory that she could be bad? No. Really? I actually have a note for chapter 26 when they are at the front lines or wherever they are. Mon- mm-hmm. Montserrat, which is like a font on Canva. <laughs> so Rhiannon's like, hey, my family's only an hour from here. Like, let's sneak away. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, no, mm-hmm. don't do that. The anagram one in me is like, no, 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 no. You can't break the rules. <laughs> don't do that. But then when they went and everything was fine and well, I actually was like, okay, like she's not undermining her in any way. She's just, I think she's just a friend. And for later on to answer your question, she was only with Dane in his like team for the war games or whatever, just because they didn't personally picked his group. And it was just so happy to be all of his rebellion friends and because they were the best like Imogene and Liam and then also Violet too because she is one of the best whether she thinks it or not and she has a powerful dragon who's made it to his powerful dragon so and she wields lightning so I mm-hmm. think that just happened to be how it worked out whether Rhiannon kind of screws her over later on in the books who's to say I wouldn't be shocked. There's five books. I genuinely hope not. I genuinely hope that they stay friends and then she dies and it's a sad, sad thing. I don't know. <laughs> that just I'd, ra- I'd rather her die than turn yeah, out to be evil. Yeah, <laughs> easier for me to go through. So no, actually this chapter, chapter 26, helped me kind of breathe a sigh of relief about her and her intentions as Violet's friend. I think it was really just genuinely wholesome. Yes. That she gets to see what a happy family looks like because she yeah. clearly did not have that. Her mom's a twat, yeah. Yeah. And I like her sister. I like her sister a lot. I like her sister too. I I actually have a note here that I don't think Mira has any idea what's going on. I don't either. I And I think that where you're going to get more family drama in the second book, and if not the second book, then, you know, one of the books or something. I feel like Mira has a lot of, um, like, older sister complex where she is essentially doing what she thinks is right based on the circumstances that she's in. Yeah. So she said, I have to be a writer. So I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a really good soldier. I'm going to do the right thing, all this stuff. But I don't think that she, I don't her Absolutely. Does her mom know what's going on? Clearly. Yeah. Um, I also think her mom is to blame for what is going like for some of what's going on or know. some of what Violet's experiencing. But I think that Mira might just be doing her duty, doing her duty. Mm hmm. Yeah. For king and, and country kind of thing. She's just... Yeah. She even said, like, oh, on. I think I saw a horde of dragons outside the border. What? And actually, Violet, Violet touched on that later on in the chapters. But then she's like, but I'm not one to question confidential mm-hmm. information. So I'm just going to put my head down and do what I'm told and carry out my orders and be a good soldier and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But then the book, the fable book, got another mention. Mm-hmm. I was right that it is significant, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that she slipped that book back to her because then that becomes relevant later on as well, too. Yeah. And then Dayton shows up. Yeah, which I love at the end of the chapter. 
I love how she ends chapters. I think I said that yes, before. I just yes. genuinely love how every single time, like, first of all, just the context of this book makes you, you need to keep reading it. Yeah. Like, I read it in maybe three sittings. Yeah. Maybe four. But I really, re- I've devoured this book. And it's because of stuff like this. Like, it could have just ended with, like, two sentences before that. And then, like, three sentences, you know. Later, it'll just be like, Zayden steps out of the shadows. And you're like, God damn it. Now I gotta keep going. Why yeah. Is he- yeah. I wish, leading into the next one and the next chapter, I wish that they would just tell somebody about the intense sex that Tarn and not Dale have. <laughs> because Dane's are like, what is he here? Your dragon, you couldn't last three days? And they're like, our dragon's gonna last three days. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, just someone please tell them <laughs> what they experience. <laughs> Probably frequently, <laughs> because if somebody told me that, I'd be like, all right, your excuse. <laughs> your excuse. It's not your fault. <laughs> Who are we to argue with these 25-foot-tall monsters if they want to bang each other? It's fine. Exactly. Like, they have needs, too. Like, sex is what? <laughs> like, at the bottom hierarchy or the most needed hierarchy of Freud's needs or some shit. So, go, good for them. Good for, good for them. them. I also like the scene how Zayden's just there and I just imagine him like on a swivel chair just swiveling and just like, want to be here like damn it I'm with all these trolls and Dane's know it all like these children kind of thing too because he's also yeah. essentially done this already yeah so he's just like to pretend I'm not here I'm listening to you guys figure it out and Dane's like you know a know-it-all because he's the kid who asked for homework over winter break again where mm-hmm. so, oh how many of you guys how many of you third years have been to the front lines or whatever they said don't come at me I don't remember shit quote by quote you're lucky I have notes Zayden and another girl or guy I don't remember raised their hand and Dane was like what no no one goes to the front lines or whatever it was you do in third year bitch you do like you will next year and his like face went like white Dane can shut the fuck up and he was just being an ass like that whole time and Zane and like drew sh- his shadows all over and everything went pitch dark and he was eye fucking violet the whole time great scene great scene and that was also the first time they telepathically spoke yes which was so fun it was fun yeah I didn't think I, w- I I thought I might hate it because again I really don't enjoy the like faded mates trope I think it's a little weird mm-hmm. but it, it she she made it make sense yeah yeah because it's all the dragons and if he can speak to Tarn it just makes makes sense makes sense like especially how she explains it where she's like I don't know how to do that and Tarn's just like just find his thread of magic in your mind and that makes sense because that's how she channels Andarna and Tarn and yeah whatever so and I also like how Zayden can't talk to Andarna because it's not connected yeah right so it makes sense on a different level right and I can't even say that I would flip my shit if in books two or three or whatever, we find out that Violet and Zayden are mates. Yeah, we, they probably are. Well, <laughs> no, because then, then he'd be able to talk to Andarna. Oh, that's true. That's see, so. Yeah, that's true. I, bleh, bleh. I just think mates and people is weird. It just makes me That's another it. conspiracy theory the girlies on TikTok have, and I... I wouldn't be surprised because we have four more books, but I wouldn't like it. No, I, I wouldn't love it. No. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Rebecca, if you're listening, yeah, I know you're a big fan of the show. If you're listening. <laughs> but I also really love Mira. I love how she's strong. Everybody leave. You three come with me 
and they're in this like stairwell and she's like dane shut the fuck up she put him in his place she's like you're gonna call me lieutenant and you're gonna figure your shit out because we've known you we grew up 10 feet away from you shut the fuck up yeah i also like how she starts talking to violet as if um zayden isn't there about how she doesn't trust him and then you kind of forget that he's there because it's like a page and a half yeah and then all of a sudden he's like i'm right here yeah and she's like i know and but he's like no you're not hearing me i'm here and then that's when he went off on how Mm -hmm. i came here and i kind of love that about him where he doesn't give a shit about what people think of him he just Mm -hmm. gives a shit when it comes to violet and her reputation Mm mm-hmm because he already knows he doesn't have a good reputation. Right. He's a child of a rebel. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he's just a... He's a book boyfriend. He's a really good book boyfriend. He's a book boyfriend, I must say. He is, he's a good book boyfriend. People are, like, thirsting over all sorts of book boyfriends, but this is the first book boyfriend that I've actually also thirsted over in a way yeah. that I'm like, yeah, he's good. With the whole saddle thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. My heart... <laughs> So cute. So cute. Also, I would love a bonus chapter of Zayden talking about the saddle and figuring it all out with Tarn because that would be hilarious because Tarn was like, oh, I have non-negotiables or, oh, I had a say in how it was or, you know. (laughs) I love him. I loved that. I also love that he, at some point, Dane was like, is that a saddle? And he goes, no, it's a collar. (laughs) I just like how... Zayden can talk to him because he can do those things and just the conversations that they have where like we talked about previously how Tarn totally ships them but Mm -hmm. he's an asshole at heart so he's just gonna make everything difficult but he really appreciates it I think deep down he's a teddy bear I think so yeah he's like I have to get it on and off by myself and I think that he one of them but I'm gonna pretend like it was Tarn had to make sure it was attachable to Andarna. <laughs> Adorable. We don't. I love how we don't find that out until later too, because it just makes me fall even more in love with him. Yeah. Very slow burn. Very slow burn for Violet. Very slow burn for me. You know, it just brings the reader in. Yes. Yeah. The first models were unacceptable, and you had the gall to pinch my chest scales when clumsily assembling it this morning. Perfection. <laughs> that also needs to be a bonus chapter. The whole thing needs to be a bonus chapter. And then he's also like he he's clearly working with Zayden in this experience. Yes. But then later he's like, "You can ride me when the flesh rots off my bones, wing leader. Yeah. We can get along for the sake of Violet, but you're not fucking riding me." Right. He's such a. I feel like he's a teddy bear though. He is. I he love is. Him. You know he is. How protective he is. I love him. I want him to be real. What are we doing? It was war games that we were like preparing for this. Yeah, it was war games. I thought it was like the morning of war games. It was the conversation mm-hmm. in that stairwell that Mira had with Zayden and Vi- and Dane and Violet, where she found out that Violet can't sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can't seat or stay seated. And after that, I think that's when Zayden made her the saddle, and then he shows it to her basically the next chapter, the chapter after that. Yeah, um, it's like the morning of war games that they're like oh, in the, they're like loading up for war games, and then she sees the saddle. And she's right, like, not like fake war games, but like the war games where she kills Jack. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, so she kills Jack, which is great. Great, um, because she can wield lightning. I also like how she, which is incredible. I like how she is a tiny person who has this huge power, which is very fun. But I also like how she was remorseful and really like upset about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she said she kind of said that the whole time. Like that was a theme throughout the whole book, where she 
didn't want to kill anybody and you know Zayden and basically everybody else is like why don't you just kill him and she's like no I don't want to do that I don't want to do that but I also like how after it happened she was very remorseful but he had a very kind of stern talk with her like look this is war you're gonna have to get used to it even mm-hmm. though he was your schoolmate or whatever fucked up thing you want to call it you're he was a dick and he mm-hmm. kind of had it coming. He's giving um, Malfoy, but like, if Malfoy didn't have a redemption arc, he's just yeah. just an asshole for Which, no reason. Which, to be honest, Malfoy does have a redemption arc, but I'll get into that in another episode. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just an asshole. Like we talked about in the first episode, he's on the parapet, and just because he's in front of Violet and he thinks she's small, she, he's like, I'm going to kill you. Okay, get the fuck over yourself. And he mm-hmm. wanted to kill her multiple other times, and she outsmarted him because she realized he's allergic to oranges, whatever. So she finally killed him. And she's very remorseful over it, but I really love that conversation that he kind of was real with her. She needs that. And then mm-hmm. Dane comes the fuck up. Oh, you don't have to use your power if you don't want to. Bitch. Was it in this half of the book or was it in the first half when he was like, you have to choose Andarna? It was in the first half. Yeah, that Bitch. and that that line reminded me very much of like him being like, I'll pick Andarna. No. Because he was, he was annoying, right? Like, he was annoying, mm-hmm. and but you could sort of see where he's coming from to a point in the first half of the book. He's like, you have to go to, I just care about you so much, I just want you to go to Scribe, scribe Quadrant. And in this moment, you don't have to use your power. He's like, you don't have to use your big dragon. You don't have to use your power. Whenever Zayden started training with her, because he overheard her telling Rhiannon, like, you're going easy on me, and Dane's, like, you know, coddling her, and he called him out. He's like, you coddle her like you're not in Violet you're not going to get anywhere by being basic oh it was when she was fighting Jack Barlow and he almost won if she didn't realize he was allergic to oranges but he was like you're fighting with me from now on because I'm not going to take it easy on you and he kind of gives her what he needs or she needs I I do like in these moments though even when um Violet's really like emotionally distraught and whatever and physically wrecked when Dane says that kind of shit she's like yeah, she's still, she can call him out on it. Or she recognize. still has her, like, she's not driven by emotion. I think I have that written somewhere else, I think, later on in my notes. She's not driven by emotion. She's driven by logic. And mm-hmm. I think that really helps her out more often than not and more often than she even thinks she knows because I think that really helps her in all of these situations where she wasn't raised to basically be a writer like some of these other kids are. Yeah. I also think the concept of being driven by logic and not emotion is probably why I like her so much because yeah. I am also like that. So yeah. I always have I don't like main character syndrome, but not with Violet. She's a Ravenclaw. She's a, she's a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. Like, yeah, she's Gryffindor tendencies, but like that's not saying that Raven, Ravenclaws can be brave. So yeah, I think she's 100% a Ravenclaw. Correct. But that leads us into chapter 30. So... I knew about this, about you, is that chapter 30, and with knowing no context about chapter 30, I knew that during chapter 30, you had to walk away from the book several times because you had other things going on in your life. But it was my husband interrupting me. Not by doing things like chapter 30, but yeah. Not like anything exciting. I actually, when I finished the book, actually went back to chapter 30. I was like, I want to read this uninterrupted. (laughs) Wait, how did we get there? Oh, so she's, like, crying in her room. Right, she's crying in her room because she's just, like, throwing daggers and shit, and she's, like, upset, and Thayden comes in and kind of, like, talks to her about it. He's like, I'm sorry, I was kind of hard on you earlier, and he's like, you know, you can hit me, you can yell at me, whatever, and she just kisses him, and honestly was one of the best sex scenes I have ever read. Yeah. Sometimes I think 
Like, if you read a sex scene, and in this, the context of the sex scene, the woman orgasms, like, five times, sometimes I'm like... That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. No. I believed it. <laughs> oh, I believed it, too. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It was not closed door, like we were worried about. It was very not closed door. It was very not. I don't know who gave it one chili pepper. Yeah, because I was, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I also enjoy the mental dirty talk because sometimes I will, I thought that was very hot, but also sometimes like if there's too, I think you said this about another book, there's too much talking, but we're in the mental dirty talk, we're talking, but we're not talking. Right. (laughs) Which I enjoyed. I thought it was perfect. It was a good compromise. She even added... Because I read it twice. That when he said something to her, like, telepathically, that it added an intimacy to it. I believed it. Do I want my husband talking to me in my head? No, not really. No, thank you. (laughs) But for book characters who are, in fact, not real, that would be great. I also liked, sidebar, I liked how they, even before they've actually slept together, they would, like, flirt with each other Mm -hmm. telepathically. Like, that whole scene back at... Montserrat or whatever they were where he first talked to her telepathically like that Mm -hmm. just to like fuck with her because he knew she couldn't talk back and then she she convinces him to spend the night with her which is very special Mm -hmm. and then she wakes up and he's gone and he left her flowers yeah that was unexpected Mm -hmm. and cute and shows he's in and she even brings that up later she was like you wouldn't wake up even extra early for your meeting and pick me flowers and go back to my room, put them in a little vase. Yeah. That's really sweet. That, because um, so many times, how many times have like you read a book or whatever and then or seen a movie or and then there's like an amazing mo- night for these characters and then the next morning it's like he's gone. But he's like he's gone, but he's not. He he didn't just like blow it off and now there's no miscommunication trope because we know right. that the communication was there by the flowers. And honestly, good for Violet, she doesn't allow miscommunication to happen. Yeah. She's like, one, you told me not to fall for you while I am, so this is not going to happen again. (laughs) And then they go, like, three months. Mm -hmm. And then, two, by the time she talks to him again, she's like, you like me. I know you like me. So stop whatever you're doing. We're going to be together, and that's that. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But when they were cleaning up the next day, you know, because, like, they smashed her entire room except her bed, and, you know, good for them. That note that her dad tucked within the spine of that fable book was very cryptic. And she said that he got more cryptic after Brennan died. And after Brennan died, that's when her mom became the general or whatever she is. Like, that is very interesting. So her dad knew something. Mm-hmm. And he was very cryptic in the months between Brennan died and when he died. So I wonder what that means, because if he left this note and Zayden's like, oh, it's very cryptic. And she's like, oh, he became more cryptic. What else is there? Like, what other moments are there that he was trying to leave, like, breadcrumbs for her? Losing my brother made my father even more reclusive. I only really got to spend time with him because I was always in the archives studying to be a scribe. And he was a scribe, but he was also always in the archives in these moments. Something I didn't pick up on was... I think in the next chapter, I don't know when she, he mentioned at some point, I thought, I figured you were a light wielder, mm-hmm. but she's like, I don't know how. And then later on again, she touches up on it. She said, how did you know? And he's like, well, that night we first kissed, I thought I saw some lightning and I didn't even pick up on that. And I'm sure if I went back and I read that scene where they first kissed that there would be lightning, 
mm-hmm. but I, I didn't reread that scene yet, so. So I, I just thought of this, and then I have a thought on that. You know how their powers are reflective of who they are as a person? Mm-hmm. And she's very worried about that. Yes, and Mira's power, we, we said she's very protective of older sister, like, trying to do everything right. Her power is to enforce the words. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is... That is her trying to do everything right. She's trying to... The wards are crumbling. So her power... I'm going to protect those wards. Like, she's not thinking of anything else. She's just doing what needs to be done. That is a very good observation, yes. I just had that thought. Also, yeah. um, apparently in, like, the first chapter or something, we learned that her their mom's power is storms. Huh. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Because she says in the beginning that she was always comforted by storms because she knew it was, like, her mom. Oh. So then one of the conspiracy theories, which I believe 100% at this point on TikTok, is that, you know how there was a storm when she was on the parapet? Yes. And it only, like, showed up when she was on there, and then when she got on land, she was like, oh, it only showed up for me, I guess. Ha ha. And it stopped. Oh my god, her mom wants her dead. And they think it's her mom. Oh my god, well... There's also another theory that her mom killed their dad. I can see that because her dad learned too much. Because he was learning too much. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, spoiler, Brendan had to fake his death because he learned too much. He's smart. Mm -hmm. Clearly smart enough to have the power of being a healer or Mm -hmm. mending or whatever it is. And I'm not 100% totally sure of the difference of that. Sorry, TikTok girlies who know everything. They're everywhere, man. He apparently is smart enough, another Ravenclaw. To be like, I have to fake my own death so my mom doesn't kill me and I can fight for the revolution. I thought, I mean, we're not there yet, but I 100% thought that the Nazi, I thought their dad wasn't really dead the entire time. Mm. Like, once we learned that there was, like, a secret rebellion plot going on, I was like, oh, the dad's not dead. You know what I hate? But it's, you know, what? I flipped through because I didn't realize that at the end of the book there was, like, a snippet of another book. And then as I got closer to the end, I realized that there was a snippet of another book. So I was like, oh, what the fuck? What page does this actually end on? (gasps) I saw it. No! Yeah, I I, I didn't see it until, like, towards the end. I did a thing where I, like, put my hand over it. I I actually, like, was reading it, and I was like, Rachel's putting her hand over it right now. I do this. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if I, like, know something's happening, and it's, like, dramatic, and it's the end of a chapter. Because my eyes will, like, I'll, like, look. You know, and they'll be like, I have to yeah. go back and read how we got here. I didn't pick up on this, the the message from the dad. I mean, I picked up that it was cryptic and, you know, mean yeah, stuff. I, I had no but idea it, what it meant. I thought it meant something completely different. So because I was going with my conspiracy theory that, like, the point of the, or the plot of the book was that the government was messed up and flawed. He wrote, it, take, it only takes one ge- desperate generation to change history or even erase it. And I was thinking he was, like, inspiring hope, being like, your generation can change. Mm-hmm. The system, but it was the opposite. It was the opposite, yeah. Crazy. I love that kind of stuff. I love, like, uh, Easter love eggs. Not Easter eggs, but, like, puzzles. Yeah. You Ron Swanson. Somebody else made a, a note on TikTok about how every time she sees Zayden or, like, feels that he's looking at her, she feels, like, tingling on her scalp. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a thing that you feel when there's about to be a lightning strike. It's, like, light mm-hmm. and tingling. And you're like, what does that mean? I saw something on Reddit. Somebody said that. Their theory is, you know, how Zayden's always like, oh, you're going to be the death of me, like. Probably. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if there's five books. I also saw a theory that she's going to get a second power because of Andarna. Yeah, I think so. I think so. 
I mean, she can already stop time, and, like, they said, oh, that's going to stop when she, like, matures, but I think she's going to get a second power because of her, yeah. And somebody said the theory was something about time, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a thing where Zayden dies and she's able to, like, reverse. Very Jon Snow. Very Jon Snow, and very long-term conspiracy theory, because that's definitely not going to happen until, like, book three. Or four. Before. Now we're at the ball. I actually have a note. Chapter 33. That's when we found out that Andarna can be hooked to ta- Tarn. Cute. I wrote a heart. My other note is Dane is more a bitch. Page 429. When he's like, she's safer with me. Blah, blah, blah. Because it's the war games, but it's the fake war games. You know, or it's the real war games we, for everybody else. But like they set them up and Satan comes. We skipped over the second parapet <gasps> scene. Oh, yeah, I skipped over that. It's cute. <laughs> I, I thought it was special. And then yeah. we're just, like, fucking until 4 a.m. And then we realize that we have more games again. Yeah. But the second parapet scene was really sweet. Yeah, I, I like, like how she went out there because it, one, shows her strength and how much she's changed. And she's out there in a dress. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, basically telling Zayd and everything I said where she's like, you like me? Let's stop doing this and let's go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for four hours. Yeah. Um, good for them. I also feel like I feel like the parapet's not that hard. No. No, I saw like, like a AI rendering of it, which is weird that we can say something like that even. <laughs> I feel like it's like eight inches wide, which is like a normal gymnastics balance beam, and I feel like you yeah. could just walk across that. If you don't have to do anything gymnastic, it's just a really skinny floor. Yeah, I don't know. It's that difficult. Anyway, but it was a very sweet moment, and I enjoyed that because it was also, like, their relationship is not purely physical. They actually care about each other. Yeah, and there was enough time for them to develop Mm -hmm. all of that emotionally and physically as well, too. Because, like, we touched on the last episode, she didn't even admit to herself that she was physically attracted to him until, I don't know, towards the end of the first half of that book. Mm -hmm. So... I think the slow burn of that, like, it goes back to the pacing. I think the pacing was everything mm-hmm. for this book. Okay, now so, we yeah. can skip to the to War Games Part 2. War Games Part 2, or War Games for everybody else, and not War Games for, well, actual War Games for Zayden's group. When he comes in and he's, like, like we kind of talked about earlier, he picked his crew mm-hmm. to go to the fourth wing outpost, and he picked all of those best candidates and that's you know everybody that he knows who are the rebels because he knows them well and they're actually pretty badass Mm -hmm. and dane's like she'd be safer here with me and i like how zayden came back he's like i'm not even gonna comment on that (laughs) but i actually to be honest i thought because violet was like hey here's the deal calm down I forget exactly what she said but I actually thought that he was going to leave it because she was like you've got to let this protective thing go and he was like okay if that's what I have to do and then that's when he's like oh I'm gonna see Violet and Mm. but I actually thought that like I actually thought that he was gonna let it go and I was like oh wow I actually tabbed it I was like oh wow okay good for Dane like we actually maybe like him now no no I was bamboozled so touched her face any thoughts on that i i guess i don't know i don't really remember if i picked up on it in this moment because i kind of forgot about the touching your face thing i really did but the phrase i i'll miss you violet i was like this is a little cryptic i didn't catch that until it was mentioned later when zayden asked violet what did he whisper to you Mm -hmm. 
And then she makes a note, as he heads back to Knockale, I can't help but note both of the important men are walking away from me right now in opposite directions. And given the one I've chosen to follow, my life is about to change forever. But also, it's like a really powerful moment that they're going to literal different sides. And no one knows this is happening. I feel like 34 were just flying for a little bit. Um, I put, I have no idea what's happening, but I knew that Zayden wasn't bad because at the end, again, she ended a chapter very well. The two Griffin riders came up and... He goes, you're fucking early. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but I know he's not bad because then if we had Dane being an asshole the whole time Hmm? and then we end with Zayden being a traitor to everyone without having a good reason behind it, then Violet's kind of just emotionally fucked and won't trust anybody for the rest of forever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to do that to her. Right. So I trusted him at this point because, again, we were able to go through his whole character. We were able to get to know him personally and emotionally. So. Mm-hmm. I did too. There was no doubt. I was just like, okay, here we go with the government is bad. Like, I was still on exactly. my theory. Exactly. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like, they're yeah, not actually and, bad guys. And knowing that, I think if we didn't have that conversation beforehand, because I wasn't thinking that at all. Um, mm-hmm. But if we didn't have that conversation beforehand, I'd be a little bit more skeptical. Chapter 35, I made a note, kind of like what I said earlier, that this is where it really comes in handy that Violet is led by logic instead of just emotion. Because she could just be led by Zayden as a traitor and mm-hmm. and I hate him and we just had sex for five hours before this and he said he was falling for me or I don't know if he said that yet I'm just kidding I don't think he did because he's mm-hmm. stupid. he basically agreed to be my boyfriend and now he's a traitor no she's like okay logically this is everything I was presented with before this moment this is what's happening I'm mad at him for lying to me and I have the dragons to back that up but yeah I know my mom is not great so I like how she still chooses I mean later but she still chooses to protect these people, mm-hmm. even though they're people outside the wars, they're people that are theoretically trying to hurt her in her, mm-hmm. you know, according to her experience. But at the same time, she's just like, well, like, I'm, I'm not going to stand by and just let people die. Right. Because I believe something different than they do, which is, is yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's inherently good. And that's what all the rebel kids are as well, too, because they've watched their parents get murdered. They buy this government. They don't want to see all of that happening again to just innocent people. Mm-hmm. So basically, whether it's just this chapter or the next, chapter 36 or 38, I kind of have combined because it's just the battle. Yeah. They were set up by Dane and mm-hmm. his dad. Mm-hmm. So that means Dane had to be working with his dad. Mm-hmm. Isn't he breaking any kind of rules by communicating with family? Um, I think you're only allowed to not communicate with family in year one. Oh, that's true. Okay, never mind. I thought he was breaking the rules and I thought he was going to be suspended. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, The whole battle, my thing is if it's not a movie, I really can't figure out what the hell is going on in a fantasy battle, so. I mean, yeah. I'm not great at picturing things, like, cinematically in my head. Yeah. Um, I'm just very focused on, like, what you're telling me right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling me, like, we're in the sky and there's a wyvern directly below us, I'm like, okay. But if you're like, oh, there's like 10 wyvern exploding the distance. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I kind of just picture like um, the Venom or whatever as the fuck they call him. The Night King. 
but if anyone's ever seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie that just came out, there's like a red wizard. When I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I have seen this movie. Um, it's very good. And there's a red wizard, and she's just like bald and has a lot of veins going on mm. on her head, and that's what I was picturing. Okay, okay, okay. I have a question. I think you're going to be able to answer it. So the griffins that were attacking Mira's post? I don't know the answer to this. Okay, because I'm just like, so the griffins came to help them fight the griffins and the riders or whatever's happening but the mm-hmm. griffins also came and attacked mira's post so i think that there was an answer in here somewhere and i just didn't quite get it i think they're um, fighting the revolution maybe and they know that that post is a part of like violet and mira's mom's kind of government so maybe they're attacking that just to try to fight back and maybe the head government people like her mom and Dane's dad know that there's a revolution going on, but they're keeping that hidden from their citizens and their, like, military. Sure. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I don't know. I think that they said something about how, like, they know that what creates our wards are, like, the only thing to destroy the... the, I don't know. Yeah, okay. TikTok girlies, y'all probably know we don't... Yeah, somebody... Because I don't actually know the answer. I thought had that thought, and I was like, why are the... Why are the griffins bad, though? Like, why are they attacking? It would... Makes sense if they said it was Griffins and it was actually the Venon attacking mm-hmm. and they were covering it up, but we were there and we saw that it was Griffin, so I don't know. Maybe it is like Game of Thrones, where they're all kind of fighting for the Iron Throne, but then there's also, like, White Walkers and they're kind of keeping the White Walkers and the Night King and everything hidden from everybody and they're kind of denying it. So there's, a, like, an internal war and then there's also an external war happening, too, that, that makes sense. the higher-up people know. So maybe it's kind of like that where the head people know about it, but they're keeping it hidden from their citizens. Like everybody who lived in King's Landing didn't know that the White Walkers existed and everything. So mm-hmm. they're keeping it hidden because they want to contain the people that they're trying to control and contain and everything. But Zayden and all of his group have been contacting these Griffin riders and that's why they came in and helped them and helped protect this city that was outside of their war and outside of, or wars and outside of their government. And that's why the Griffins are attacking that other outpost because that's under the control and within the wards of Violet's mom. Maybe that's what's going on. Okay. I, I would believe that because that does make sense about the, like the greater war and the minimal war. So when Liam died, <laughs> we lost our Liam. I was in such denial throughout the reading of this. I was like, there's no way. (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. there's no way. We knew we were going to lose one. We had established very early on that people we like may just spontaneously die. Yeah. I even like how she added to that emotion, how she was like, and literally like an hour ago, we were just by the lake and I told him he wasn't my friend. Um, He said he was. That was very sad. Very sad. Because it goes back to everything that the book is about, which is a dragon without its rider is a tragedy. So dragons can survive, but a rider without their dragon is dead. So I think that magic is a little weird, though. It, it is. It's it's weird. And I had to confirm that that's what that said. Because I'm like, this is kind of strange. I just but, assumed it was like, oh, if you're like, if you're lost without your dragon, then like you're going to die. Yeah. No, it's But literal. not like you're literally going to die. <laughs> yeah, you're literally going to die. Yeah. I guess because they put so much power into you. You're essentially mm-hmm. not really human anymore, so. But before that, I love how he was, like, in the air and, like, landed on Tarn. hmm I thought that was so cool and, like, very cinematic scene. Yeah. 
Like, I know we just said that we don't really see things cinematically, but, like, I, I saw that happen. And he, like, kind of, like, jumped off one dragon and landed on the other. I was like, that is amazing. And he died. Yeah. And but again, it, cool it came full before. circle because she saved his life. That's how she killed Jack. And now she's like, why did you do that? And he's like, you saved my life before. I'm going to save yours again. Or yours in general. And, like, and it was even worse based on that everyone mourned him at once and she could like feel Zayden mourning him. Mm-hmm. She was mourning him. I had to carry him to ca- uh, to his dragon, not calf. D. But I was also very happy that Indarna survived. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was waiting for that to happen. I was waiting. I, if it happened, I would still not be able to. I'd still be on my couch from 48 hours ago. So we whip around and we, we end up killing all the venom, which is... We expected this to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's... It was it was very fun. Battle is over. And she is unconscious. Because the poison. Cause from the po- when cause she got poison. stabbed. When Correct. she got stabbed. Yep. By the Night King. Poison from a red wizard's blade. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So then they bring her to him. Which is all him. we know for about two chapters. Is him. And then the last chapter is from Zayden's point of view. Which was, I was an interesting so, twist. I was so happy. To I was it. happy as well. One of the first things when we were texting about this book and we were both reading it at the same time, like very early on, I was like, if there isn't a chapter from his perspective. Mm-hmm. I remember and you said w- that. I was so excited. Yeah. Because <laughs> also she's unconscious. So it makes sense in terms of telling the story that she doesn't know anything. So you get yeah. to know all of this stuff. Um, but at the same but- time, there's tastefully so many questions. How did him and Brendan know each other? I know how they're trying to rebuild it. How long did they know it. each other? Yeah, how long did they know each other? Did he know a Violet beforehand? Somebody, I think I saw somebody on Reels said that he was already in love with Violet when he met her because of everything that Brennan's told Zayden about her. And I think that's kind of, yeah, not. That's, I think that's, that's a stretch. That's too. a stretch. That's a, that's a long stretch. But you also get that, like Brennan, because Brennan wrote all these letters to Mira. Mm-hmm. You kind of get that. Wasn't did he died like six years ago? So Violet was 14. Yeah. Yeah. You know? like, And he was like 23 because he had graduated. Yeah. So she was 14 and he was 23. So he left when he was 20 and she was 11. So I really don't think he had that great. Exactly. Not not in a bad relationship. Right. But all he knows is that she's what she would describe (laughs) as a child. She's probably very, very weak because she hasn't developed. Mm -hmm. And she just reads a lot of books. So he's probably like my younger sister. She's a fucking nerd, but she's smart. The kind of things that you say about bookwormy 11-year-olds. Exactly. So She's that's very a, smart. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch, but it, yeah. it still leaves a lot of questions. Like how did the whole rebuilding of their capital or city mm-hmm. kind of start? Has he and the others been going back there for a very, very long time? Like not even a long time, but like how many times? And like has Brennan been there the whole time? And what's Brennan been doing? And how did he fake his death? So there's a lot of questions. And basically the main one is how did their paths cross? Mm-hmm. Zayden clearly chose to take her to him despite everyone else's warnings. And everybody else didn't think it was a good idea, but he said that it was the only way because Brennan is a uh, Ravenclaw and mm-hmm. knows how to heal poisons. Yep. I thought it was the dad. Mm. Well, to be honest, I didn't really think 100% like when the door was knocking. I thought it was like Garrick or something. So I didn't really register that it was yeah. something that I should be like holding onto my hat for. Yeah. And then 
there's another insistent knock on the door and he's like fuck is he impatient and i was like it's garrick like i just yeah. didn't i didn't register but i was convinced talking... that the dad was alive the entire time not brenna he's talking about it like they're like best friends you know he's kind of annoyed with him but like in a friendly way mm-hmm. so i thought it was garrick mm-hmm. i can 100 see that yeah because yeah. you know how when they were fucking for four hours and Garrick was like, we're under attack. Yeah. So, like, he's the guy who goes to Zayden's room to tell him bad news. So right. I, but it didn't yeah. register to me that it would be, like, a reveal of Brennan. And just how casual he was talking about Brennan, like, he's so impatient, blah, blah, blah. They know each other. Yeah. There's a story here. Yeah. So that's I'm going to read even about more it. into Violet being, like... One, I'm happy to see my brother, who I thought was dead. But two, you knew he was alive the whole... And granted, like, you know, we see as the reader that Zayden can't really slip that into conversation, especially because, like, knowing her friendship. So hopefully she'll be able to see that in the future. But did you Mm -hmm. read the Iron Flame description? Yes. Um, The first year is when some of us lose our lives. The second year is when the rest of us lose our humanity. Zayden Rorson. Everyone expected Violet Sorengal to die during her first year at Bazgat... Basgath? Basgath? My brain said Basgath, so we're sticking with it. Yeah. Basgath War College, Violet included. But the threshing was only the first impossible test meant to weed out the weak-willed, the unworthy, and the unlucky. Now the real training begins, and Violet's already wondering how she'll get through. It's not just that it's grueling and maliciously brutal, or even that it's designed to stretch the writer's capacity for pain beyond endurance. It's the new vice commandment. Command- commandant who's made it his personal mission to teach Violet how exactly exactly how powerless she is unless she portrays the man she loves. Pause. Do you think it's Dane somehow? I wouldn't be shocked. If he has like a new position. If he has power. a new position because he set them up and it was his signet and his power that relayed mm-hmm. to the leadership that whatever they were doing was wrong. I don't know wrong. what a commandant is. It's yeah. not like commandment. Like the and ten, it's also not it's... capitalized, so it's like not like a true... It's true. Leadership role. Yeah. Although Violet's body might still be weaker and frailer than everyone else's, she still has her wits and a will of iron. And leadership is forgetting the most important lesson Basgath has taught her. Dragon riders make their own rules. But a determination to survive won't be enough this year, because Violet knows the real secret hidden for centuries at Basgath War College, and nothing, not even Dragonfire, may be enough to save them in the end. Which we all know is like, the secret is the government problem right yeah I assume. Mm-hmm. but she's at she's at school again so what happened <laughs> yeah yeah so she's yeah that's that was my thought i'm like i have no idea how she's gonna get back but maybe she's like a spy i don't know because her and zayden have a, the telepathic thing who knows i also can i just say because i'm on goodreads as well too i hate when people rate books before they're released yeah I get like marking it as as um one I I marked it as read. one to read yeah but there's five hundred and sixty seven five star ratings there's twenty three one star ratings forty six four star ratings like just stop you didn't read it yet how are you giving it one star yeah what are the one star ratings even say? I want to read them they're just no they don't say, they don't star, say anything star, they're star. just rating it one star so you're just being a hater for no reason like I understand that like if you I personally can't understand how somebody wouldn't like the first one because I thought it was amazing. Right. Definitely one of my favorite books probably of all time. So, But far. also, I mean, I can see how people wouldn't like people it because, like, I hate hyped books, generally yeah. speaking. People um, don't like things. But I'm not okay. going to go and rate Crescent City 3 a 1. You're just going to 
I'm just going to ignore it and go about my life. Somebody said, please, I'm desperate. Make it a dual POV. Uh, Yeah, I would love that. But it might be anyway, which is cool because because they can talk telepathically, there doesn't really have to be a dual POV because you're still in contact with him all the time. The only thing I need is Zayden's um, interaction with Tarn about the saddle. I like how Rebecca Yaros, by the way, if you look at her history, it's all um, like Kindle Unlimited kind of smut and then this. Well, clearly. I mean, that was the best, one of the the best sex scenes I've ever read and I happen to read a lot. (laughs) Uh, Overall, how many stars, hot take, how many stars would you give this book on a scale of one to five? I gave it a five out of five. There was no, I, the last episode I said I would take a half star away for a closed door Didn't romance. And it was a very open door romance. It was very open door. I enjoyed it. So five out of five. It was well thought out. There was no loose ends that I caught at least. So five out of five for me. Five out of five for me. We will be reading Iron Flame. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if my pre-order comes in, I'm still going to go to the bookstore. Yeah, because if Barnes doesn't ship it until the 20th, that's three weeks after it's supposed to be released. There's no time for that. We got to get this pot out immediately. Yes. So. I'm going to have read it four times by then. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read this in three sittings. Yeah. I made you. I said there's no way that you're going to be able to stop before you go to bed. So thank you for tuning in for our uh, our second episode on Fourth Wing. Overall, fantastic book. One of the best reads of 2023. Um, Tune in next week where we will be doing something else. I don't know what it is yet because I haven't felt the need to read another book. (laughs) But we'll be talking about something book related. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be talking about more books um, next week. Maybe about book hangovers and how to cure them. All right, besties. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you Monday with another episode. Bye. Bye.